Um, I first want to appreciate people. That's what first brings to mind. Um, and I thought, um, this place is just bricks and mortar, isn't it? But I'll question that later on because I'm going to talk about the place as well, this place. And particularly maybe this shrine room. I've been in it so many times, so many different occasions. And some of them come back. You know how it is? You remember and you're back there. Oh, I was going to do a kind of thought experiment with you. For some of you, this won't work at all because you didn't first come along to a Buddhist center here. But for some of you, it, will, it might work. Can you think back to the first time you came through the copper doors, those of you who were first here? Think back to that time and then think about the person coming through those doors for the first time. And now think about the person sitting here now. Okay, it's the end of the thought experiment. So I'll say something about the place, and then I thought I'd balance it up a bit by something saying something about um, not what I've been given, but what I've contributed. And then I thought, actually, there is no dividing line between the two. And that's where I'll, I'll end. So the people, and this is highly selective. And what I've done is kind of go back to the early days, the beginnings, which will mean something to some of you because you were here and others not. Um, so, here I was, October 1991, at Taraloka, the Women's Retreat Centre, on a newcomer's weekend, having phoned up twice to book myself on and put the phone down, not on a person, but on their answer phone, because I had visions of, gosh, it's religion, um, they're going to get my name and address and they'll be round with their foot in the door, you know? <laughs> Um, but the third time, I actually had the courage to uh, leave a message and or talk to a person. And there I was, um, learning to meditate at Taraloka. And I might say here that the person leading the retreat who taught me how to meditate is here in this shrine room at this moment. Diane Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Actions have consequences, Diane Andy. <laughs> Amitra, who was supporting the retreat, took me for the customary walk along the old railway line, um, and she invited me to the MBC as it was then in Wilbraham Road. Um, she said, come and see it. Um, come and see me when I've moved into the women's community and settled. She was just about to move in. Three months later, she made contact. We met and she showed me round. And that was the start of 24 years of coming to the MBC. The point I want to make is that she followed through from what could have remained a well-intentioned passing remark. I've made them, I expect some of you have made them. Um, she followed through. 
And was that important to me? Because being introduced into a strange centre is really helpful. Um, it's quite forbidding just to introduce yourself. I don't suppose I would have done because an order member had just started classes in Liverpool and I might have stayed there. But as it was, I went to two centres um, for years. And what was her name? Some of you will recognise it. Kalia Chitta was that Mitra before she was Kalia Chitta. Yeah, so thank you, my dear friend. Um, I think I had to wait maybe about a year, maybe nearly a year for Mitra's study. Some of you will be familiar with this phenomenon. There was only one Dharmacharani at the time um, who was leading study. Then she decided she could lead two groups on alternate weeks. And this is hard work, I know, because I've done it. So I could start Dharma study. And those of you who've gone through this procedure of waiting so on, it's so wonderful when you finally, your group assembles and you finally make it. And somebody who was in that group is here. Hi, Mike Trinandi. <laughs> Mike Trinandi was in the same group. So I could start Dharma study all due to her willingness to stretch herself in the interest of others. I was and am so grateful. She was Kalyana Prabhar. And some of you may know her. Oh yes, um, I'd asked to join the order within a few months of making contact. Um, it was embarrassingly soon, really. I don't know what possessed me. It was... Um, <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. I do know what possessed me. Um, it was that moment on the train that Shakya Joshua described. I'd been down to London, um, and I bought a book down there. It was the first book on Buddhism I'd ever read. And it just hit me, you know, the first few minutes, really. So that's what, that's what possessed me. Um, and one of the, there were, there were two young new dharmacharis in Manchester at the centre, both teaching. And um, one of them led study groups that I was, I was part of on Sangha nights very early on. And he was in his early 20s and I was a middle-aged lady. And he still took the trouble to talk to me. Um, and after a few years, not very long actually, he suggested I might be ready to join the order and he talked to me, he talked a lot. Um, I had to wait a bit longer for various reasons but that interest of this young Dharmachari um, expressed a lot of faith in, a lot of faith in me um, and that was immensely encouraging, hugely encouraging. He gave me confidence that's one of the gifts, isn't it, that's talked about, especially in the Mahayana. This is what we can do for each other in a, in a Sangha, in a centre like this. And how we do it, it's probably best not thought about too much. Um, what he did was just very natural. Um, I don't think we set out to give each other confidence. It, it comes about um, underground, as it were, and it's still a hugely important gift. And that young Dharmachari was Nagapriya. You probably, some of you, recognize the name. Yeah. 
And the other one um, with him was Priyavajita. Where's Priyavajita? There he is, there's Priyavajita. <laughs> yeah. Both, both of you very influential, because I think when you're new, um, wow, you take it all in, um, and people you come across have a, a huge and lasting impact on you. Another person, I was given a very sound grounding in all aspects of puja by two chairmen here. One who insisted on correct pronunciation. How we know, I don't know, um, but let's say agreed pronunciation. And I'm still, for um, better or worse, um, a bit keen on this. <laughs> For instance, short A's are pronounced as a U, as in rub, ah, ah. And we don't do it because it's, it's awkward. Um, but I've never forgotten his teachings on this, and he's now the president here. It was Art Priya. And I remember him having a chart with, you know, all the things all written out. He was very good and lots of other things. I remember him on a Castleton retreat I was supporting, um, taking me for a walk and saying, um, yeah, among other things, um, wasn't ordained then, all you need to do is be yourself. And I thought, oh, how lovely, how kind of him. And a bit later on, I thought, hmm, he meant all you need to do is be yourself, not whatever I was being at the time, which was probably rushing around trying to be over-helpful. Very, very skillful. So thank you, Priya, for that and much else. The other chairman um, gave more than 20 of us a great gift that Shakyajat has mentioned of an Indian pilgrimage. And he talked to me about it maybe... Oh, I think at least two years before it um, began to get into the real planning stage. Um, he talked about it first as a kind of bit of a dream, really. But again, there was this business of following through. He followed through. It was very hard work in preparing and then guiding more than 20 of us um, for six weeks plus. Um, it was huge effort. And I remember asking him at one point if he was enjoying it, and there was a bit of a pause, I have to say. Um, and he said, well, it was um, a bit different. He wasn't really on pilgrimage for himself the way he would have been if he'd just been um, one of us. He had this responsibility that was there all the time. He insisted we travel ordinary class on trains which was both awful and wonderful. I'm eternally grateful. Um, Shakti Jota said something about getting on trains. It's okay, once you're on, the story isn't over, because your reserved seats are fully occupied with people whose luggage is chained up and padlocked under the seats, and you have to shift the whole lot in order to get uh, sitting down. Um, but I loved it. I loved it. It was wonderful. So thank you. Thank you for that. Moksha Priya, it was he. Friendships arose and strengthened on the pilgrimage. Um, some of those, for me, are still 
among my deepest experiences of friendship. What a gift to give the context for all that as well as the experience of being on pilgrimage. Mokshapriya also led wonderful pujas and I just thought how mysterious this is. How does this happen? Something to do with the voice? Something to do with the timing? I don't know. He was very strict about shrinal etiquette and how you came up to make offerings. Um, and I'm grateful to him for this and much, much more. Now the place. I said, well, places just bricks and mortar, aren't they? Admittedly arranged pleasingly, but that's what they are. And I'm particularly aware of this, having just moved myself from a house where I'd been for 42 years, can you imagine? Big six-bedroom Victorian house down to a normal house in Ely. Um, so I've been mulling over what it is about a place. Um, and it, is, it remains mysterious. I think it's obvious that um, for each of us, it's the context for our experiences, many and varied. Um, but there's still something about the particularity of place that has a huge influence on us. And I think yeah, I could say a lot, but I'm just going to pick out um, evident care and attention, attention to detail. We may not um, take it in. I mean, I remember, you see the wooden frames. It's not actually these windows, but the windows at the back um, have got beading, um, sort of semicircular, more or less, in section, all around these big windows. Well, all that beading was taken off, Maitrenandi will remember this, and individually stripped down and put back. You probably wouldn't even notice um, unless I pointed it out to you. And yet, I think you're all aware that this place has been made for us. The care and attention are evident. And the influence is very beneficial. We feel cared for. We know our welfare matters to the people here. It's a gift to all of us from those who made this place. It was very labor intensive, to put it mildly. There are at least two people here who know that very well. Uh, it was painfully labor intensive at times. But what a gift, what a gift to years and years and years of people who flowed through this centre. So I, I'd like to appreciate yeah, the physical nature of this place. I remember I'm just looking at the little rupas up here. Um, they were made by us um, with an order member who's a sculptor. Um, and we made them over a weekend and we had Dharma readings while we were making them. It was just wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah, all sorts of things um, carry um, care and attention to detail. Okay, I'll move on now to my last bit, which is I've headed it, me giving, and I've put inverted commas around giving, and you'll see why. Um, I first came to the old centre in 
January 92 with Kalyachitta. And so for over 23 years, I've done quite a few different things. First thing I did was to work on the women's magazine, which no longer exists. It was called Darkeny then. And Kalyana Prabhat edited it. And I did the picture research and numerous other jobs. Um, and believe me, it was um, quite a project. Uh, it was sometimes very fraught. And then the deadline, it came out, I think, three or four times a year. Um, and then dealing with the printer and the designer. Yeah. Um, did that, got to know people, learned a lot about computers. Um, then there was the building project. I've mentioned the window frames. I remember being in this room. Um, it was dark, so it was winter. And what happened was a couple of people, one of whom's here, sandblasted the brickwork in the night because of the noise. It had to be done at night. And then next day, somebody, it was me that time, followed with um, a hose and a broom to get all brick dust off the wall. It was cold, it was dark, um, it wasn't pleasant. But, you know, it was an incredible time. Um, I came over once a week. Oh, yes, I spent the night. I did Mitra study um, the second day and saw people, did magazine probably. And the first day I did building project work. And in between, I stayed the night with a friend um, who lived out on a housing estate in South Manchester and had few resources. She was very nice to put me up. However, you know those beds with wooden slats? Well, this bed had wooden slats, full stop. That's all it had, and a thin blanket. So after the building project, I would go back to her place and try and sleep on these wooden planks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I must have been mad, but... <laughs> it was what we did, because the vision carried us, really. Yeah. Then there was Mitra convening that Shakyajata mentioned. I committed myself for four years, and I'm happy to say I did it for four years. Not easy, if for no other reason. Well, not easy for lots of reasons, but I think the interesting one for me is that um, you don't know what Mitra convening is. I don't know if you do. Maybe you do, Diane Andy. I didn't know what it was when I began, and it don't think I did when it ended either. <laughs> and we had, I was very carefully handed over to by Kalyana Prabhar, who briefed me thoroughly, handed me the handbook for Mitra Conveners, which I consulted earnestly, um, followed it all through, and then went to my first Mitra Conveners meeting and said I'd done this, that, and the other, according to the book, and was told, oh, we don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> So, for somebody who's a bit of a rules follower, this was um, stretching, shall we say. It stretched me. <laughs> very good lessons, very good lessons. Um, in faith, I think, actually. Faith in oneself, faith in the way things happen, faith in other people. 
Then there was study leading. Wonderful. I loved it. I loved it. You get to know people um, in a way that isn't otherwise available, I don't think. It's wonderful doing it. Um, and more recently, creating days. And I say creating deliberately because um, putting a day together seemed to me to be um, like making something. Uh, I really loved doing it. And, uh, yeah, I just enjoyed it a lot. It was sometimes quite a lot of work, but um, I did enjoy it a lot. And then there was the travelling from Birkenhead to see friends and come to my chapter, constant travelling to and fro. So I think the centre and its sangha stretched me because I had to make effort. And sometimes I didn't want to make the effort, and I, I, I just had to because people were expecting me here, and I, I wanted to, and yet sometimes I didn't. Um, it broadened my sympathies. You never know who you're going to meet here, particularly if you're on reception. It's amazing. You never know who's going to come through the front door, and you're just sitting there, and it just comes. Everything comes. Those of you who've done reception um, know all about this. And it, it did broaden my sympathies. And it honed, you know, I've got an image of the old-fashioned way of sharpening a knife on a grindstone with a little bit of oil, and you sort of go round and round and round, and you hone the edge until it's perfectly sharp. And I think the centre and working around it being here um, did that for me. It sharpened my practice, it honed it. Um, and in a way, it's quite a painful, uncomfortable image, but I chose it deliberately because I think we do um, refine and strengthen our practice through beauty, through love, through friendship, all those lovely things, but also through adversity. Adversity, effort, um, is a wonderful thing. As long as it doesn't go too far, got to be... Uh, balanced, which is not always easy. Um, but with that proviso, it's a wonderful thing. I think all these activities had their stretching aspects. Um, sometimes I wanted to do something more than come here. Um, but the discipline of making effort over a sustained time, um, it doesn't always seem worth it. I remember coming and having a bit of a uh, an evening that fell flat, um, not very many people to the puja, that kind of thing. Um, mortification set in with poor Dharmosha. Um, and it was quite, yeah, it was quite tough actually at times. Um, but what it showed me was um, the times when it doesn't seem worth it are times when I had anticipated consequences. Here was I doing a good thing. Um, I should get some reward, shouldn't I? And what's more, get it now. Um, and when I didn't, I had to realise, well, you can't tell what the consequences are going to be. Again, have faith. Just as one of my friends said, just keep paying in without looking any further. 
my sympathies were broadened by taking in a lot of different people. Because people come in and they don't all stay. So altogether, the people flowing through are, are, you know, numerous. If you're working there, you can't pick and choose. Nor can you get away. There's a gateway here to a great deal else, which I haven't time to go into, but I will just um, suggest it to you. Not picking and choosing in terms of people and having to stay in a situation that before I met the movement I'd just have uh, backed out of without even thinking about it. Excellent, excellent to have to stay with it. Thank you, thank you, Centre. And the honing um, involved a lot, but uh, broadly experiencing the limitations of my temperament and my practice, this was inevitable, as demands from a public centre, a big one like this, are great. And none of us is adequate, 100%, but some of us think we should be. Um, I put myself in that bracket um, and my experience here showed me what a false delusion that is. This was the honing, the grinding to a keener edge, at the time not experienced as pleasant, but ultimately a great gift. So what I might regard as me giving to the centre has actually been another gift from the centre. And I'm deeply grateful. I'm sad to go. Um, lots of interesting... Uh, un, I haven't experienced them before, emotions, feelings. It's interesting, moving after all that time. Um, and I appreciate you all so much. Um, and I will be back um, now and again to see, see my friends. But for the moment, it's farewell. And I just want to read you something from Shabkar, who was, I think, 18th or 19th century Tibetan. Um, and it's something I aspire to. And I'm going to just change the last line a bit. This is how it goes. My native land is all lands, in no particular direction. My monastery is the solitary mountain, in no particular place. My family is all beings of the six realms. And Shabka then writes, My name is Hermit, protected by the three jewels. Well, I'm not a hermit, so I can't lay claim to that. So my last line is, I'm a Dharma protected by the three jewels. <laughs>